I want to talk to you and uh, continue ministering about the mind because the idea of a new season of life requires a change in us. And as I said earlier, that change oftentimes does not manifest itself in our life simply because we have not done the requisite things necessary to make a change take place, take hold, be effective, be efficient, and be forever. Amen. Some of us have made some changes in our lives only to revolve right back to where we used to be. So even though we enjoyed momentary uh, periods of time where things were different, we always end up right back where we started from. Uh, the old folks used to say, we're just going around the same mountain over and over and over again. Amen? How many of you are tired of going around the same mountain? How many of you really want to see something different in this new season that God has granted us? How many of you want to live this life that was supposed to be an abundant and prosperous and blessed life? Well, if you apply these things that I'm teaching you, then you will be able, as I'm standing here, see different things in your life take place. Amen? Because God's word will never fail. Amen? You'll notice in the foyer in the church, we have three flags. Those three flags are kingdom power, kingdom mentality, kingdom authority. Talk to me. Don't go to sleep. I know I'm not hooping and hollering and the organ ain't going and all that, but talk back to me. Kingdom power, kingdom mentality, and kingdom authority. Those, those flags don't hang there for nothing. There is something important that becomes uh, part of the fabric of your spiritual DNA that's necessary for your success. And the one thing that I want to uh, continue on talking about is your kingdom mentality. Your kingdom mentality. We, we set the framework last week when I was talking about the power of your thought life and how the mind works and how the mind develops pathways of information and how those pathways then determine how you will function uh, in life, both the, the basic things of eating and breathing and uh, going to the bathroom and all these different things that you do unconsciously are still done because of thinking. Your mind is commanding your body to perform things that are necessary for your physical existence. There is also a mentality. A mentality is a way of thinking that is necessary for your spiritual success. And many of us are struggling with spiritual success because the mentality that we have or that we have employed is not one that is reflective of kingdom thinking. My wife has endured a lot in life. I mean, she's been married to me. And, and, and that, that can sometimes be a, a pain all in of itself. But she's, she's endured a lot. She's lived a life where she lost her mother while she was young, died in the hospital that she was working. She lost her grandparents who were like parents. 
She's never had the opportunity to know her father. She's gone through a lot. I love my wife deeply. But one of the things that pained me greatly were the days preceding the death of her grandmother, who died from a disease known as Alzheimer's. It's a disease that attacks the mind. Somehow, this disease causes the mind to deteriorate in such a way that the victim loses the power to remember things, to think clearly, or even to control what they say or do. Alzheimer's sufferers become incapacitated to the point where even the basic things of life, the things that we take for granted, become difficult. As you know, if you got to go to the bathroom, you get up and you go to the bathroom. But there are people that deal with this disease that even that basic thing, they, they, they soil themselves because there is a disconnect between the instruction to the body to hold on until they could get to the proper place. They even lose the ability to remember, to recognize people that they've known all their lives. Things that they've been around or that they possess. This disease advances and the victim's mind loses the ability to tell the body what it is it needs to do and how it is it needs to function. And the result often is that the patient who develops this disease becomes at the mercy of another person. Someone else has to feed them, has to clothe them, has to lead them, has to clean them. One reason that Alzheimer's is so terrible is that it tends to have a dehumanizing effect on its victims because when the mind goes, virtually everything else goes with it. As I look at the body of Christ today, I see many suffering from a form of spiritual Alzheimer's. This spiritual ailment manifests itself in a deterioration of the proper application of the mind of Christ that should be operating in every believer's life. I refer to this mind as a kingdom mind or having a kingdom mentality. When our minds have become infected, the result is a life that is no longer under the control or influence of Christ, but under the control of what it is we allow to influence us. We then will begin to be, believe that evil is good just because we want it to be good. Just because you want something to be something other than it is does not mean because you have determined that evil is now good that evil is now good. Things are what they have been created to be, and we as the children of God have to understand just because you put Jesus on it doesn't make it holy. 
a Christian who suffers from spiritual Alzheimer's loses the ability to apply a spiritual mind to their daily life. They suffer from forgetting how to think in terms of a kingdom agenda and they function under a worldly mind or a worldly agenda or an agenda that benefits me. And when someone has a worldly mind, you will do what the world does. You will develop the habits that are reflective of the world and you will even try to put Jesus on it to cover up its evil by cloaking it in good while deceiving yourself because what it is, is what it is. I feel an urging of the Spirit of God to talk to you today about the mind in relation to God's kingdom agenda because once you come to the knowledge of Christ, the Bible declares that we have died to self. This means that self, self's agenda, our desires, our goals are no longer or should no longer be the focus of the life of a believer. But the life of a believer should have transformed uh, trans, uh, into a mentality that is looking to fulfill God's agenda, not man's agenda. If we can get our minds working properly, our souls and bodies will follow suit. You see, the greatest problem that we have is not what we do. The greatest problem that we have is the way we think. Because how you think will determine what you do. In order to transform, we have to transform our thinking. We know the scripture very well in Proverbs 23 and 7 that says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the mind then is the key to our entire being, which is why the greatest challenge for the believer today is to develop a way of thinking that is in concert with the kingdom in which we have become citizens. Prior to being adopted into the kingdom of God, we were in the kingdom of the world or in the kingdom of darkness. And because we were in the kingdom of darkness, we had a dark mentality. We had a dark way of seeing life. We functioned under the rule and the authority of a different king. But since we have transitioned from death into life, from darkness into light, there is a necessity to shift the mentality of the mind. The first thing that we need to understand is the necessity of having a kingdom mind. Let's look at Isaiah, the 55th chapter, the 8th through the 9th verse. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, where it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me talk to you for a minute about the way God thinks. You see, God is transcendent and distinct from his creation. God is not bound 
by creation. He sits outside of creation. His way of approaching and analyzing life is not going to be your way. That's why you need to develop the mindset of your creator. You need a kingdom way of thinking so that you can get God's mind on the issues of your life, whether we are talking about marriage or sex or money or children or any other issue, God's thinking on these subjects will be different than the way this world and this current world system has trained us to think about these things. One of my favorite movie series, Star Wars, there's a part where, now everyone's in love with Baby Yoda, but there's a part in one of the episodes where Yoda is teaching Luke how to use the force, and he tells Luke to lift his ship out of the water. So you, Luke, being new to using the force, stretches out his hand and you can see the ship shaking and it comes up a little bit. Its nose is out of the water. But Luke had not yet had a complete mindset transformation. And he began to remember in his mindset that it is impossible to lift the ship because the ship was too big for him to lift. Even though he had enjoyed success with lifting rocks and twigs and boxes, the ship was just too big. And little old Yoda, as Luke failed in this task, stretches his hand out, lifts the ship, flies it so that it can be placed on solid earth or solid ground. And Luke says, to Yoda, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that's your problem. Because you don't believe it, you cannot do it. But because you don't believe it, now watch this, doesn't mean you don't have the potential to do what you don't believe. Because you'll find later that Luke attains the right mindset, which changes his belief system. And when his belief system changes, he's able to do far greater things than when he limited his potential because of what he believed. You see, your ability and your decision-making process for it to develop into a kingdom mindset which will determine whether you taste victory or defeat in your spiritual life becomes vitally important to your advancement or your maturity in life. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I, I acted like a child, I behaved like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 
Paul says it like this in Romans 8, 5 through 7. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So essentially, what you sow in your mind will come out through your mouth, your hands, your feet, your body. Your body will express what is in your mind. That's why we need to deal with the way we think and why the enemy of our faith fights us so strongly in our mind because if we can transform our thought life bring our minds under the authority of Christ we will have laid the foundation for transforming our very actions which will change our results in other words you won't continue living like you're living because you're now doing something different it is insane to think that life will be different if you do not change your behavior. If your behavior remains the same, the result will remain the same. There's a key to the will of God I want to give revelation to. When you develop a kingdom mind, you will begin to experience God's will for your life. Now, how many of you know what God's will is for your life? Some of you might say, I do. Some of you might be struggling to figure out what God's will is. Well, let me tell you, it's very simple. It's very, very, very simple. God's will for your life, according to the word of God, is that you prosper and be in good health. That's God's will for your life. He told Jeremiah, I got plans for you. What are those plans? It was to prosper you. God's desire for your life is prosperity. You all look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, God desires to prosper you. You see, God reveals his will to our minds. We struggle in accepting God's revelation. And if you want to know God's will, you need to give God your mind. He has to be able to control your thoughts. You see, the mind is to the soul what the brain is to the body. It is the control center of your life. So if I'm acting like a fool, it's because I'm thinking like a fool. The same becomes true if I'm acting in ignorance. It's because I'm thinking in ignorance. And ignorance is simply the lack of knowledge. The Bible declares that the people perish. Why? Because of a lack of knowledge. But if I'm acting with a kingdom mind, I am carrying out God's agenda or the kingdom agenda because my thoughts are being formed with a kingdom mentality 
after the influence of kingdom or godly intervention. Some of you have heard me tell this story, but for those of you that haven't, I'm going to tell it again. So if you've heard it, just smile and act like you're excited about hearing it again. And for those of you that are hearing it for the first time, it's a good one. When I first met my wife, she had no idea what to think of me. No idea whatsoever. She was walking across the parking lot in slow motion. And she threw her head to the left as she was walking, and her hair just wrapped around like Neo in Matrix. Just as fine as she could be. And she looked over at her friend Paulette, and she said, is he fat? Because back in that day, which I was not fat, I was quite slender, but I had this big puffy, uh, you, some of you may remember the leather bomber jacket. You know, Bishop was always in style. So I had my big puffy bomber jacket on and thought I was just looking good. And she was coming across the parking lot, but she didn't yet know how to take me. She didn't yet know how to think of me. She was supposed to be meeting me for a double date. But her then boyfriend tagged along without an invitation. So I had my work cut out for me. Because I knew when I saw her that she was the one. It's something about when all of a sudden life stops and things begin to glow and you just know because of the glory that was on her. But I was going to have to navigate some turbulent seas. That was called her boyfriend. And get her to realize what I had already come to know. My mind shifted in that moment. And I became focused on her. You see, I knew that I needed to transition her thinking from her boyfriend to me. The first step in getting her to be mine was making her believe she was no longer his. I'm trying to tell you single young brothers how to do something here. You need to pay attention. So I developed a plan in my mind and my body carried out the plan in excellence. I started by getting her best friend to call her on the phone because at night she had to turn her phone off. See, back in that day, you had to unplug it. You know, it had a dial. You know, you were wealthy if you had push buttons. But her mother made her turn her phone off at a certain hour. And first lady, I know y'all think she's perfect, but she didn't always follow the rules. So she snuck 
and kept her phone on, expecting for her best friend to call her because her best friend said, I got something I got to tell you, but I can't tell you until after 9 o'clock. <laughs> so the setup takes place. She keeps her phone on, and instead of her best friend calling her, I called her. You see, I knew that I had to begin to sow seed in her thought life. And the best way to sow seed is right before you go to sleep. Because the last thing you hear becomes the thing your subconscious is fixated on. I'm trying to teach you, young brother, something. So I wanted her to go to sleep fixated on thoughts of me and our conversation. And I knew if I could sow that seed, that seed would grow because the law of God is every seed sown will reproduce after its own kind. So I needed the last seed sown in the nighttime to be me. My mentality was leading me to my victory. So I called her on the phone, I sang to her, we talked for hours. I set an agenda in my mentality that I would be the last thing on her mind before she went to sleep. Because I knew that it would transition her thinking because I was now influencing her thoughts with the power of my words. See, she didn't know back then that she was talking to a prophet and that when I say a thing, That thing happens. Now, the, the, the true test of a prophet is when they say something that it actually comes true. Before long, she would go to sleep on the phone with me and would wake up on the phone with me. So I moved from being the last word to the first word. We had all night long conversations and because of these things, her thinking shifted about me just like I wanted it to. See, what she didn't realize is she was under a mental blitz. I was bombarding her mind with such influence and power she couldn't help but to think different. Soon, she went from having a boyfriend to being a single woman, which meant now she was free. And then she went from being single to being my girlfriend, and nothing has ever been able to break our union since. Even though we've had momentary interruptions in our relationship throughout our 37 years together, our mentalities have become so intertwined that we have triumphed together over everything that has tried to divide us. So what am I saying to you today? This is a powerful key to the kingdom of God. When you change your mind you can change your emotions and your actions. But if you do not change your mind, 
your emotions and your actions will remain the same. So if you really want to think like God thinks, to live in victory and to know God's will, fixate your mind first on godly things. You see, a kingdom mentality is indispensable if you want to live a kingdom life. You cannot enjoy a kingdom life, kingdom prosperity, kingdom peace, kingdom power, kingdom authority, kingdom resources, unless you have a kingdom mindset. We have to understand the nature of a kingdom mentality, the nature of a kingdom mentality, of a kingdom mind, operates by a kingdom revelation. You need to highlight in the word of God the first uh, book of Corinthians, the second chapter, the ninth through the eleventh verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it, entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Let me put that into a very short phrase, those three verses. You are not limited to your senses. You are not limited to your senses. The first thing that Paul said about a kingdom mind is that it can grasp Things that are outside the normal limitations of the human senses because it is illuminated by the Spirit of God. Some of us have struggled for so long about the necessity or the current existence of the Holy Ghost in the life of the believer. Some believe that we are living in a day where the Holy Ghost is no longer required or necessary or imparted into the life of the believer. I believe that this is so far from spiritual truth because you cannot understand the things of God without God in you. God can deal with kingdom thinking people in realms beyond what the eyes can see and the ears can hear. In fact, when God takes possession of your mind the way he wants to and gives you a kingdom mentality, he can reveal stuff to you that would never enter a human mind left to itself. This is why Paul says even the deep things. God's not superficial like some of us. He's not let, let, just letting you get to know some surface stuff. God wants you to understand. He desires to reveal to you deep things about him. All the good things that God has prepared for us in this life are actually beyond our senses. 
His kingdom agenda reaches beyond what we can see or even imagine or think. God sits outside of our human reason. So the mindset on Christ then is not limited to what can be measured by our senses. Now, it's, it's important that you understand that this doesn't mean that God ignores or bypasses your human senses, but it does mean that what you see, hear, and feel is not all that there is. What you think is not all that there is. And there's a very good reason that the person with a kingdom mind is not bound by human limitations. It's called revelation. 1 Corinthians uh, 2 and 10 says that we know the things of God because God has revealed them to us. So revelation gives us the glasses we need to see what is outside of our visual acuity. See, many of us are spiritually blind, which causes us to not be able to see a reality that is really more real than the reality that you're in. Without divine visual assistance called revelation, the kingdom would be then very blurry to us. Without the mind of Christ, we would live our lives only by what we see naturally. And we need assistance to help us see life as it really is so we can think kingdom thoughts and live kingdom lives. You live out more than what you see. How many of you think that this is impossible? Be honest. To live beyond what it is you can naturally see well there's a new gaming system that's on the market it's called the oculus quest it's a virtual reality system and it gives the wearer the ability to see a reality and to not just see the reality, but to interact, to function in that reality, even though he or she is in a different reality. So you know Bishop's getting that gaming system. Because once I have it, I'll be able to stand on the bridge of the enterprise. I will be able to fly through the heavens. I will be able to sit in the captain's chair and give orders to my crew. Mind you, not fake crew, but real human beings that are separated from me by thousands of miles, yet in my reality. I will be able to command them. They will follow my instruction because I'm the captain. I'm going to blow some stuff up in space. I'm going to investigate some stuff in space. I'm going to boldly go where no man has gone before. Why? Because I'm going to shift my viewpoint. 
Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, it's time for you to shift your viewpoint from a natural viewpoint to a divine viewpoint. You see, a kingdom mentality is not only something that sits on the outside of human limitations. It also functions in contradictory way to the natural or non-believer mind functions. Paul continues on in 1 Corinthians 2 saying this, but a natural man, watch this, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Many of you are struggling because you're acting or you're functioning within your natural ability rather than your divine ability. Paul goes on to say, for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually apprised. But he who is spiritual apprises all things. Yet he himself is apprised by no one. So when I talk about a kingdom mind, I'm talking about a mind that looks at all of reality from a divine viewpoint. A person with a kingdom mind views life through the lens of Christ. Views all of life, all of people, every situation, every circumstance through the lens of Christ, not the lens of their mortality. You've probably seen people who wear sunglasses only as a fashion statement. They even have a way of putting uh, them on their sh putting on their shades that tells you that they're merely styling when they wear them. I'm afraid that some believers come to church because they're styling. They're looking the part, but their divine glasses are just a fashion accent. They're not operating with a kingdom mind, so they're not pursuing a kingdom agenda or living a kingdom life and enjoying the kingdom blessing. You're carrying your Bible under your arm doesn't guarantee you a kingdom mind. Neither does going through religious rituals. You only have a kingdom mind when you filter all of your decisions and life through a divine mindset. So when you have a kingdom mind and you face a decision, you process those decisions in a spiritual way, not a human way. In other words, it doesn't matter what I think about it. It only matters what Christ thinks about it. How would Christ react to this? Not how would I react to this? What does Christ want me to do here? Not what is it that I want to do here. Operating with a spiritual mentality links you up to God's network so you can tap into God's mindset and function under God's decision-making process, which will afford you the ability to enjoy great success in every decision that you make. In every decision that you make. When you think about the circumstance as framed by God's thought, then remember who God is. He is the creator and the sustainer of life. Everything is, is because he allows it to be. 
when Jesus didn't want the fig tree to produce fruit, he cursed it, and that tree never bore fruit again. Now, this is diametrically opposed uh, to the way that non-believers think. You see, Paul tells us that natural people think spiritual things are foolishness. The non-believer ridicules or thinks ridiculous the things of the Spirit because he cannot understand the things of the Spirit because the Spirit that gives revelation to the things of the Spirit is not dwelling in the life of a non-believer. So the non-believer has no network credentials to access the framework of God. You can't just come into the church and expect to have unlimited access into the presence of God when you reject the very thing that gives you the credential to stand in the presence of God and receive everything that God has promised for you to have. You see, since the mind is not my focus, I want to address believers. Even we who have proper credentials to receive the things of the Spirit oftentimes suffer with technical problems and we don't fix these problems. We cause ourselves to waste time and deal with a lot of frustration because we spend time fiddling with the wrong thing. There was a time when I was a direct TV customer and I was having some trouble getting my direct TV to work on my direct TV ready television. Now understand people of God, if there's one thing that you should know about your pastor, your pastor is technically proficient. I don't have to get on the helpline to deal with technical issues because that's what I do. So I started fooling with the settings on the TV to get the signal to work. I ran a network cable to directly connect the satellite to the television. I looked at the directions that came with the television. I searched the internet and all the help forums on the issue. I called the technical support line for both the TV manufacturer and DirecTV itself. But no matter what I did, I couldn't get the signal to process on the TV. You see, the issue was that I did not start troubleshooting in the right place or seeing the problem through the right lens. So I scheduled a repairman to come visit. Now the repairman is trained to address my issue and his experience enhances his knowledge. The repairman uh, that I had to call told me that my TV had the ability but we needed to install a device the way it was intended to function. So then he shared with me a better way to do what I was trying to do in the first place. You see, his knowledge brought revelation to things I did not know about DirecTV ready televisions. 
And now I could accomplish what I wanted in a manner that would fulfill my desire because I tapped in to the revelation of one who had the knowledge I was seeking. Many times we suffer because I, even though we are technically proficient or spiritually proficient, that means, you know, I read the Bible, I know the word of God, I study it, I go to church, I hear the preacher, you know, I take my notes and I go over my notes and, and, and everything's good, but I'm still suffering. I'm not enjoying the benefit of being who I'm supposed to be in Christ simply because I have not tapped in to the revelation of the very one that is seated in me that that has everything that I need so I can function as he's called me to function as he's created me to function because I want to do it my way so it's easy to fiddle with the settings in our lives trying to get a clear signal of life but that's starting in the wrong place until the antenna of your mind is turned toward what is divine, it's going to mess up some stuff, and stuff just ain't going to work. The signal that you need is the signal that is coming from a king who has a kingdom agenda for you. And when you get that signal straight, the picture of your life will begin to clear up. Many of us have a fuzzy picture of life because our signal that is supposed to be connected to what brings clarity to our existence is all fuzzy because it's not tapped in correctly. I know that some of you are trying to develop a kingdom mentality and you feel like your antenna is turned in the right direction, but the signal still doesn't seem to be coming through. You see, your issue may be the amount of traffic that is flowing in your network. And because there is a whole lot of traffic in your network, it's affecting your bandwidth and because your bandwidth is affected, it is disrupting your reception. You see, daily stuff like a job, finances, family problems, houses that need paint and cars that need tires can crowd out the signal of God. And the answer is not to increase the size of your bandwidth, but you have to get a dedicated line. It's time for you to get spiritual fiber optics so you can have something that is dedicated to you. If you will get your mind on a dedicated line separate from the circumstances, separate from people, separate from stuff, singularly focused on God's signal, you will then get a divine picture. But we struggle because there is so much flowing on our line. Anyone that has internet understands the more people on the service, the slower your service is. It always makes me laugh when I hear them say on TV, oh, we got 100 megabyte service. If you don't know, let me let you in on a cable secret. You may be paying for 100 megabyte service, but you're not enjoying 100 megabyte service because everyone that is in your neighborhood is connected to the very same 
a hub that is producing that 100 megabyte service for your house. So if you're the only one on, you're getting 100 megabyte service. But how many of you understand that you'll never be the only one on? And because you're never the only one on, you're not enjoying what it is you're paying for. Now, non-believers, even though believers are technically on a better line of service, non-believers are still on dial-up. And because they're on dial-up and the amount of processing necessary to handle the signal cannot be processed through a dial-up line. Because what is trying to be revealed chokes out the ability for the transference on something that is so minuscule as dial-up. But the problem is not just ignorance. According to Romans 1, 18 through 23, non-believers have not only ignorance, but they have corrupted their minds, not on accident, on purpose. They know the truth but they suppress it so they can do what they want to do. Non-believers know what is right. They suppress it to do what they want to do. Here's the problem that I see in the body of Christ. There are many of us who are acting like non-believers because we know what is right to do, but we don't do it. And the Bible says that if you know to do right and you do not do it, to you, it is sin. Genesis 6 and 5 says that just before the flood, every thought of men's minds was totally wicked. So God gave the non-believer over to a depraved mind. Romans 1 and 28 says it like this, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. But what we have in contrast to what we see in 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 is this. We have not the non-believer's mind, but we have the mind of Christ. So at, con at the point of conversion, you get a new mind. You get a new mind. See, you see, God understands that you can't function like a believer if he leaves you with an old mentality, with an old mindset. So he says that at the point of conversion, I'm going to give you a new mind, a new program is inserted into your soul so that through the life-giving work of the Holy Ghost, uh, you know, you'll be able to function in a new way. But some of us have been so used to running the old program of life that we have problems getting the new program installed and running as it should. The solution is to make sure your spirit is plugged into God's spirit. Now, it's important that you understand I'm not talking about salvation. Amen. 
I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about living like kingdom people. I'm talking about living the way God intended you to live. 1 Corinthians 2 and 11, who among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Then Paul says this in verse 12, now we have received, we have received, we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So the idea is that since no one knows God's thoughts except God's spirit and no one knows your thoughts except your spirit, the key is to link your spirit with God's spirit. To put it another way, if you want your thoughts to be saturated with God's thoughts, then your spirit has to be in tune with his spirit so that his thoughts are transferred and overwrite your thoughts. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's time for an upgrade. When you insert a program into a computer that's an upgrade to a program that's already functioning on your computer, it does not do away with the program. It simply changes the coding in the program so that the program can now function better than it ever functioned before. So the battle then is for your mind. The battle is for your mind. How long have I been preaching? See, I, I don't. I don't be paying attention to the time, and I I don't want to worry you. Let me just let me just leave you with this. The communist government of China has special camps for political and religious prisoners whose thinking and ideas are considered a threat to the Marxist regime that is in power. A number of Chinese pastors and other Christian leaders have been sentenced to these camps or these prisons sometimes for years at a time. And the Chinese have an interesting term for this process. They say that the prisoner is being sent to the camp for re-education through labor. It's a pitiful euphemism for an attempt to break prisoners down physically and reprogram their minds through propaganda. The idea is to do whatever it takes to try to remake the prisoner in the communist image. This isn't something that's foreign. This happens in our military during training. What is the purpose of training in the military? It's to take you from a mentality of no discipline to a mentality of discipline. You see, if you don't go through boot camp and you just join the military and I give you a rifle and I tell you, go take that hill, you're going to say, well, why? What'd that hill do to me? That, that hill ain't bothering me. Let that hill stay where it is. Can I go around it? If I go to take that hill, that hill might shoot back at me. I know I got a gun and everything, but and I can shoot back, but I might miss. They might not. So you, you, you want to know the, 
the what, the why, the how, the who. You, you want all this information before you decide on yourself that you're going to do what you've been instructed to do. So the, the, the idea of boot camp then is to break your mentality so that you don't ask questions. You have a mentality that simply says, if, if, if I'm in authority over you and I say, go take that hill, you're just going to go take that hill. Even if taking that hill costs you your life. Because your mentality, this is my duty. So you shifted from this is what I would do to, what, to I will do what is commanded of me. I will follow the instructions of he that has rule over me. This is one of the greatest struggles in the church today. We don't understand authority. And because we don't understand authority, we don't function when authority speaks. And when authority speaks and we don't function, we're actually living in disobedience. And when we're living in disobedience, then we get frustrated when the outcome of our behavior leads us to unnecessary trouble. Because we have not aligned our thinking with what is just according to the word of God. Understand what I'm saying, people of God. The Chinese government's re-education camps operate on a principle that is taught in God's word. It's taught in God's word. Now watch this. Except the communists are using it for evil purposes. But the principle is still true. If you want people to think in new ways and in different categories, you have to erase the old ways of thinking from their mind. The only way for you to be different is to think different. And the only way for you to think different is to have a brain wipe. Most computers, when you put a new program into it, they tell you to restart it. The reason that you restart it is because in the registry, in the registry are all the codes and keys and permissions that allow the computer to function like it's supposed to function. When you restart it, the registry looks for the old thing that is now no longer there. So because it's no longer there, the registry then wipes the command for the old thing to function. It recognizes the command of the new thing and then allows the new thing to function because the old thing is gone. If you want to really jack up a, a, a program, don't restart your computer, but install something new. And you'll find that your computer won't be able to determine exactly which program or version of the program is necessary to run because it has a command for both things to run. This is why we as the children of God suffer so much because we have a worldly mentality and a spiritual mentality. And we're trying to let both of those run our life at the same time. And this is why we keep doing stuff that we ought not to do, even though we ought not to do it we still find ourselves doing it even when we don't want to do it because you've never reset your thinking now the Chinese government is deadly serious about their program because they understand that the survival of Marxism depends on capturing people's minds. Even one pastor with a renewed mind or a political leader who is committed to democracy is a potential threat to their system of Marxism. You see, 
for something to survive, it has to eradicate everything in opposition to it. If you do not eradicate everything in opposition to the Spirit of God in your life, you will find yourself struggling. What did Paul say? I see something else going on, making war in my thought life. There's something else there that's not like God. And because I've allowed it to live, this is why if I'm single, it becomes difficult for me to be with a woman and not want to exercise my physical makeup. It's about as PG as I can make it. I'm trying to be real with you. This is why I struggle. If I have a godly mindset, there's no struggle. I could go out with you. I could, you know, hang with you and, and never allow myself to be tempted because of my spiritual mindset. But because I allow a earthly mindset to exist along with my spiritual mindset, even though my spiritual mind says don't do that, you don't want to go in that room in the dark with that woman because it ain't going to work out good for y'all. You might think it's good, but it might not be good because what might happen may not be what you need to happen, especially nine months later. It may tie you into something that you really just was trying to, this wasn't for eternity, this was just for a moment in time. I'm trying to be real with you. And then now you hooked up to something because now you're trying to do right. Now you're trying to cover something up because I, I don't want everyone else to know. People of God, I want you to know that humans can count. I'm just saying. I <laughs> I really want to stop. <laughs> you see, we have, as the children of God, an enemy that wants and seeks to influence and control your mind. And the more influence Satan has over your mind, the easier it becomes for him to take you down a path that is not the right path for you. And when you go down the wrong path, you get sidetracked from fulfilling the agenda of God for your life. And because you're not fulfilling the agenda that God has for your life, you're missing out on all of the prosperity that's connected to the agenda of God, which is for you to be successful and blessed. Amen. You're chasing after a virtual, a, 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 a fake blessing while God says I've got a blessing that is so real for you but you can't have it or realize it or possess it understand it if you're not connected to me 
You see, our minds are crucial to our functioning as Christians. We have to understand the relationship of our soul to our mind. This, this is necessary because our soul is what makes us who we are. Your soul is you. It comprises not only your mind, but also your emotions and your will. And these three things together make up what the Bible calls the soul. You are not your body. Your body is simply a container for your soul. Your soul is your essence. When a person dies, the soul is what will either go to heaven or go to hell. The key to experiencing a kingdom life takes place within our soul because our soul is what has been created for eternity, your flesh is going to die. Yet you spend your life trying to satisfy what is dying every single day. And you leave what is the essence of life in you suffering. And then you suffer in this life. And then in the life to come because you rejected what is life. Let me just, I'll just, I'll just stop right there. I'll just stop right there. It is so vital for us as the children of God to hear what God is saying so that we can function as God has designed us to function. So you have to understand the, 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 the uh, design of who you are took place before your fall. Oh, Lord, please stop. You have to understand, see, we have the mentality that we're functioning as we're designed now, but this isn't how we were designed. This is the result of not functioning in our designation. We were in the mind of God before Adam was made in the earth. Let that sink in. That means that when God made Adam in perfection with power and authority and wisdom and knowledge and understanding, made him to prosper, to be the head when he made Adam, in the mind of God, all of human creation was supposed to follow the designation of Adam. This is why we're all connected to Adam. This is why when Adam fell, we were all affected by his fall. But understand this. The original design for you, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. The original design for you was perfection. Now, the wonderful news is, is that when Jesus comes into your life, you're transferred back into the perfection of the design that God had for you before the foundation of the earth. That means the potential for dominion 
has been reestablished in you. The potential for health has been reestablished in you. The potential for authority has been reestablished in you. Everything God intended for you to be has been restored after the knowledge of Christ. That means that right now, you have the ability to do everything that God intended for you to do when he created you before the foundation of the world because you were in the mind of God before the world ever came into existence. In the mind of God because God is always right now. He has no past. He has no present. I mean, he has no future. He's only present. And because of that, in the mind of God, you have always been present with God. And because he saw you in your creation in perfection, you have access to your perfection right now because you've been restored to right uh, uh, standing with God through Christ. That means everything you were supposed to be able to do before the fall of Adam, you can do right now. God didn't create Adam to be sick. That means that you don't have to be sick right now. You don't have to be sick right now. I know that the physical body is dying, but you have to understand something. I'm not concerned about the physical body. I have to deal with the physical body, but the physical body is not me. My life is not connected to what is already dying. I've accepted that this body is dying every day. So then when it does what it does, I'm not frustrated when I got a twitch or hurt or pain or suffering. It's okay because I really understand that What's happening in my physical existence is not a determining factor of my eternal existence. I'm not connected to this life. I'm connected to the eternal life that is in Christ Jesus. This is why when I'm standing before you under the anointing of God, it doesn't matter what's going on in this earthen vessel because this earthen vessel houses the excellency of the power of God. I can declare it is not of man that I'm able to do what I'm doing. It is of God. This is why when I sit down, the body is tired because the spirit of God is living in me. It causes life to come into the body so the body can function beyond its own capabilities. Because you refuse to function in a kingdom mentality. You are suffering because you resist the ways of God to satisfy the ways of man and yourself. And you are robbing your own self from your own victory. 
You are allowing yourself to be the thief that's stealing your own blessing. You are stealing your own victory because you refuse to align yourself with the victory that's promised to you in the word of God that cannot fail for those who would believe. You don't have, because even though you say you believe, in your mind, you have not believed. God bless you, God.